Well, here we are. Uh, there's been a report of another shooting in the city's west end. At least three shots fired in the area of Rustic Road and Maidstone Street in the Jane and 401 area. Police say a gray Acura was spotted fleeing the scene, reportedly sporting damage to its front window. And uh, now there's talk that uh, somebody, a shooting victim, has arrived at a hospital in the West End uh, with serious possible life-threatening injuries. No confirmation as of yet whether or not it's connected to the sound of gunshots at Rustic and Maidstone. Well, that's the way we go uh, in the big town. Of course, the story that we're focused on right now uh, is the aftermath of last night's shooting on the Danforth uh, that has... A lot of people very, very disturbed, and understandably so, whether or not this is the kind of thing that can be addressed in any practical fashion. But what we need to know by way of update, uh, let's hope we get some of that. Mike McCormick is the head of the Toronto Police Association, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mike, how are you doing this afternoon? I've been better, John. It's, uh, you know, uh, another sad day in the city. It's just a, a tragic day when we have people like on the Danforth, you know, it's supposed to be enjoying a, a safe family environment. And we're talking about this, you know, the amount of people that are, have been shot. I, I mean, for God's sake, we're talking about a, a 10-year-old and an 18-year-old uh, that were senselessly murdered on our streets. It's it's just, it's shocking to anybody. All right. And so uh, I guess we would uh, say, is that pretty much a conclusion that this was a random act of violence? Well, again, you know, the chief has made some comments saying this is not a random act of violence. Um, you know, we're waiting to see what the investigation reveals, uh, what the motive was, uh, why this transpired. But, you know, what we're seeing is a perpetual cycle of, you know, talking about the violence and, and the increase in violence, the increase in shooting victims in the city and you know is this the new norm is this what the city's all about um but clearly we we have some issues that really need to be resolved now we know it's a 29 year old male but apart from that there's no id been given out to the public uh what's the protocol on this whole matter and why not you know it's up to the you know the investigative uh, to you know this is a, a very complex investigation and there's all kinds of factors uh, that go into them, whether or not there is a uh, need to have the identity released as soon as possible if there's a public interest. General, generally, uh, if there is a public interest, then the identity is let out uh, sooner than later. Uh, but again, there's investigative uh, issues around that. And, uh, you know, we're just waiting to, to, to see what the identity of this person is. But again, uh, there is a, this is going to be a complex, uh, lengthy investigation, I'm sure. All right. So walk us through the investigation then. How would this, this play out going forward? Well, I, again, you know, they're gonna, we're going to have to do all our due diligence and, and go back and, and look at everything and, and try to determine a motive, you know, uh, whether or not there's anybody else involved, uh, whether or not there's any other risk, public safety risks around that. Um, there, there's a lot of things that, that are going to have to be looked at. Um, many, many witnesses to be interviewed, uh, you know, lots of detail. This is something that is, it's very critical that, you know, no stone uh, gets left unturned in this investigation. Uh, I mean, John, when we're talking about something of this magnitude and, and, and what were the driving factors, um, this is a very significant investigation. 
So, you know, we're going to have to see where it goes. And, and uh, Well, insofar you know, as background is concerned, Mike, uh, do we know if the individual's from Toronto? Uh, do we know anything more about that individual's background? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I've just been following it on the, the news like everybody else. And I, again, I'm, I can't really speak to the investigative pieces around that. But I mean, that information is all relevant, John, and it should be, it will become public. It's just when does it become public? So I, I think that the public has a definite right to know. Uh, it's just that it has to be done in a way that is mindful of public safety and not to compromise the investigation. All right. But was again, a gun recovered? Interesting. Yeah, my- um, yes, a gun was recovered. You know, and John, like I was up on this, the, the scene last night, there was multiple casings, shell casings all over the place. The, this was, like, again, you know, uh, after just, you and I were just talking about this a few months ago, uh, you know, I was on Young Street uh, uh, just after that, the van attack there, and here we are a couple months later, you know, uh, talking about uh, an active shooter situation on the Danforth. So this scene is, is, is huge. It was uh, very chaotic. And, you know, even for seasoned officers, when you're seeing people uh, of all ages being shot and the amount of carnage, it, it's it's just definitely uh, devastating. Our, our hearts go out to, and prayers go out to the, the, the families and the victims. Uh, but this is clearly not the Toronto uh, we're used to or the Toronto we should expect to live in. Do we know how many shots were fired approximately? Well, uh, again, you know, they'll be counting all the casings. There were many, many shots. And, and, you know, our officers, two of our officers who uh, I know and I I was dealing with them last night, uh, you know, I I can't thank them enough for, you know, their uh, courage getting out. They were in a a shootout with this guy. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for their actions and decisive actions, I believe the carnage would have been a a lot worse. You know, they were out there and and this guy was firing at them. Uh, They returned fire and then... you know, we're waiting for the SAU to disclose uh, the cause of death with this guy. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that these officers definitely prevented uh, more carnage. How quickly did they engage from the first shots being fired until the officers actually engaged this individual? How, what's the time? Well, yeah, it was a matter of minutes, John. And, and you know, they, they were on scene and, you know, right out of the car. And by the time they got out of the car, they were being fired upon. And, and you know, they rolled up and uh, this guy was, they were rolling into a, an active shooter uh, situation. So they were there when there was an active shooter. And like I said, they engaged and, uh, you know, prevented uh, further carnage. Now, do we know if this was a suicide by the individual or a police bullet uh, brought him down? Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but uh, we're waiting for the SAU. And again, I can't disclose uh, what that is, but uh, um, you know, we're waiting for the SAU to announce it's under investigation. So, uh, and and again, you know, we think that that information should come out uh, sooner than later, so that everybody has an understanding of what's going on. But we have to wait for the SAU to disclose that. You know, Mike, uh, we've been wondering here as well if there's anything that can be done to deter these kinds of whether it's a random act of violence or a homicidal maniac who has ill intent, uh, is it a, a lack of political will to address this? I mean, you had an association. I know oftentimes when you're on, you're talking about a lack of resources that might yep. help to tamp down some of these crimes. Uh, there's talk of too much gun, uh, too many guns proliferating in the city as well, whether they're uh, sourced legally and stolen or uh, illegally. I, I mean, 
address that, if you will, from your perspective. Is there anything that can be done with yeah, through I mean, political there's, there's, will? Yeah, there's many things that can be done. I mean, and, and like for instance, last night we were fortunate that there the summer uh, safety initiative where we have officers, and we don't have again 200 additional officers where we have our, our current officers working overtime um, that were able to respond. And you know what we heard and being on the scene is having the amount of police officers that could get there and triage and deal and work with the paramedics and everybody else. We had 14 emergency runs to different hospitals to get these victims to the hospital uh, to, to get them the best uh, treatment that we could get them uh, as immediately as we could. So, yeah, it's important to have, and what, what we've seen is that, you know, to have the right amount of police officers, to have the staffing that you need, and this clearly demonstrates that. Um, but there's other issues about intelligence gathering. Uh, and when we talk about, you know, you, you, you let into this saying we just had another shooting in the West End. Um, there are issues around socioeconomic issues, the proliferation of guns. As the, the chief and others said, there is no magic pill and we get that. But there are a lot of things that we could be doing better uh, as far as staffing the police service, getting social programs, cracking down on uh, mandatory minimums and stuff around gun violence and, and making sure people are incarcerated uh, when they are uh, in possession of firearms and stuff like that. So there are a lot of things we could use, but we can do, and we need to be working on that. But one of them that we're really concerned of, from my perspective, is the lack of police resources and having 800 fewer officers than we had eight years ago is one of the things that is having a negative impact on public safety. Well, we uh, congratulate, obviously, the first responders, but that's after the fact. I'm thinking as a preemptive measure if there's anything there. And as you said, maybe it's uh, social programs. I'm at my wits end, uh, actually, when you've got these kinds of individuals out there. It's a real toxic society, and uh, these are manifestations of that. Listen, I appreciate you bringing us, you know, the point of the matter is when we find out more about the individual, it's going to fill in a lot of the blanks because right now it's kind of, you know, we're just uh, speculating as to what might have gone down here. Appreciate it as always. Okay, John. Take care. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Mike McCormick is the head of the Toronto Police Association. And, uh, you know, as he alluded to, if there uh, were more resources, but does that mean in a preemptive way uh, there'd be fewer guns getting into the hands of, of people who have malice of forethought, you know, they want to uh, visit ill will on uh, innocent people in cafes on a Sunday night. How do we address this? Uh, that was my question, my original question, because I guess uh, some people are pointing fingers at the mayor and or the police chief, uh, even up as high as a federal level. Bill Blair now has assumed this portfolio last week. By the way, uh, all of the above, plus the uh, Premier Doug Ford meeting at City Hall as we speak, and uh, hopefully they can wrap their heads around some collective uh, positive uh, action that uh, might help to deter this in the future. Uh, let's come back with more of your thoughts on this. Uh, 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Appreciate your patience if you've been waiting, but I just uh, wanted to get the latest update. We got that from McCormick. Because I'm frustrated, I'm flustered when these things happen, just as it was with the carnage along Young Street with the van attack three months to the day yesterday. Uh, what do you do? How do you stop people from taking a van and uh, just ramming individuals who are innocently walking about? I mean, busy streets in a city, that's kind of normal. So if we've got this new normal to confront, how best to do that?